0: like to welcome you here again this morning, and on a real quick personal note, um, I just want to thank those of you who have been praying for my family, um, for my dad. Uh, A few weeks ago I had mentioned when when I was up here that my dad had just been diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, I know a lot of you have gone through that with loved ones or are going through that, and I want to thank you for your prayers. They are greatly appreciated. Um, Quick update, with where we are at, because last time we were just at the beginning process, Um, still pretty much at the beginning. Um, We know that the tumor is large enough that it can't be operated on, and uh, my father just went in this past Thursday for a PET scan, and we will find out this coming week whether it has spread anywhere else um, in his body. So I do just want to thank you for your prayers. It's great to have a family um, behind you. A larger extended family praying for you. And and we are greatly appreciated that. And my parents both say thank you as well. This morning we continue our series on the Beatitudes. And if you have not been with us, if this is your first week, we have been going through the Beatitudes, calling this a kingdom experience, and been challenging us each week to do something. And I want to thank you for Throughout this whole thing, from what we challenge you, the first week in bringing in shoes for the city mission, we appreciate all that you've done, and you do have one more week to be able to do that. If you, if you hadn't had a chance to do that, or if you get to bring in your shoes to donate, we encourage you to do that, as we will be doing that one more week. This morning, we are going to be looking at, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, a lot of times, when we see the word pure, we think of purity. And our mind goes to the sexual side of things. So no, as a youth pastor, I wasn't called in here to give you guys the sex talk this morning. Um, As you see, as we go into this morning, what Christ was saying here was a little bit different than that. Yes, that was part of it, but that wasn't just what he was talking about. And again, here, as we've seen in these past weeks... Each of these Beatitudes, when Jesus says them, he's turning their world upside down because their customs, their laws have all been pointing in one direction. And all of a sudden Jesus is saying, you know what, this is when you are blessed. And he does it again with this one when he says, blessed are the pure in heart. Because all of a sudden he turns things to the inside. He turns things not on the outward appearance because Back then, their Jewish custom, they had a lot of laws on cleanliness, on purity, on being clean. In fact, so much so that it had gotten to the point where that was all that anyone really cared about, was the outside, not the inside. And all of a sudden, here was this great teacher. Here was Jesus on this hillside saying, you know what? You're blessed if your heart is pure doesn't matter if your hands are clean. It doesn't matter if your body is clean. You're blessed if your heart is clean. For that is when you can truly see God. So again, he is turning their world upside down. And what does that mean for us? As I was preparing to talk this morning, I was getting nervous a little bit in just the direction that God was leading me. Because I'm going to meddle a little bit this morning. I'm going to poke at you guys a little bit. Well, I'll have to say not me, but God. Um, and for some of you, you may not like it. For some of you, you may be sitting there saying, who is this guy to tell me or to talk to me about things like that? Well, you know, as I was going through this and saying, God, is this really the direction you want to take me? And he was saying, yes, Now, you need to know that I am right there at the same spot. I'm not standing up there saying, I have it all together. Here's where you guys need to get. Because as I was looking at this and as I was seeing what Christ meant by blessed are the pure in heart, he was convicting me as well that, you know what, there's some things that you aren't doing. So we're coming at this together. So that's where we're going to go. So if you feel pushed... If you feel kind of, you know what, I don't like what he's saying, well, too bad, because it's going to happen this morning. First thing that I need you to do, though, and we'll get this taken care of and out of the way, is on the right end of your pews, there should be papers like this, except for this side, they'll be on the, the left end. Um, if you're on that right end, please pass out these so that each person has a piece of paper like this. And then you can just hold on to those, and you don't need to worry about them for a while. Okay, For those of you who need to know right away what this is for, too bad. You're going to find out later. But don't let it be a distraction to you. Just hold on to it. I just want you to have it now. Okay, So you don't need to worry about that, and it's not a distraction later passing them out. So Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What was he talking about here? What did he exactly mean by pure in heart? Most of the people would have been familiar with, well, he was probably referencing back to Psalm 24, the scripture that we read, that Pastor Dave read. And in those verses it said, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false? He will receive the blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, his Savior. So he's going back to those verses and saying, you know what? Who has a pure heart? Who is going to be able to see me? And it's not just, a, you know what, if you do this, 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 and this, you'll have a pure heart. He's basically saying there needs to be a single-mindedness there. You see in that verse it says, who does not lift his soul up to another or swear by what is false. Basically, he's saying there needs to be a single-mindedness. You need to be seeking after one thing. If you go on in the Sermon of the Mount, he gets to the point where, where he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He's saying, you know what? If you want to be pure in heart, you need to be single-minded. And the thing that you need to be doing is seeking his kingdom. But what are you worried about? You're worried about the outside. You're worried about what you look like, what people will think of you. And that's not truly seeking his kingdom. He goes on in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, or sorry, This is in the Sermon on the Mount. Later on, in Matthew chapter 23, he's talking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And here's what he says on this topic. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and in self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Pretty strong words. But how many of us walk into this place on Sunday morning and we sing, I give my all to you, Lord? And we walk out those doors, and tomorrow we're cheating on our spouse. We're looking at pornography on the Internet. We're doing whatever. We have addictions that we can't get rid of, but we come in here, and we say, I give my all to you. Well, you know what? You're a hypocrite. Are there times when I'm a hypocrite? Yes. When I say you're a hypocrite, I want to make sure you know I'm including myself in that. And God is saying, if you want to truly be pure in heart, if you want to truly be single-minded, then you need to seek after my kingdom and seek that first and put everything else behind you. And he said to the Pharisees, you know what, you're, you're in it for a show. You want everyone to think you're righteous. How many of us do that? We walk in here and want everyone to think we're righteous. Righteous. Maybe we teach a Sunday school class, or a Bible study, or lead a small group, but yet on other days, we're backstabbing people, we're criticizing people, we're complaining about this, this, and this, yet we come in here and we say, I give my all to you. It doesn't work. Christ is saying, you know what, that just can't happen. Everywhere that I have read in the Scripture, in the Gospels, where Christ is talking about following him and being a disciple, it's all or nothing. You can't have it just a little bit. In Luke, chapter 14, verse 33, he says, So no one can become my disciple without giving up everything for me. It's not a little bit. It's everything. That's whether you're five years old or whether you're 99 years old. Christ says, if you want to follow me, you need to give up everything. And that's where this pure and hard come things. Pastor Ben last week talked about that your being does not come from your doing. That if you do this, 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 and this, then you'll be a great person. But it's the opposite And that fits so much into here. You can't do a bunch of stuff and think that you're going to be pure in heart. It's the opposite way. And Christ is challenging us to say, you know what? It's 100% or nothing. It's all of you or nothing. It means you need to give up your family. You need to give up your job. You need to give up your career. You need to give up your life and seek my kingdom first. It's tough. But that's what he calls us to do. So I was thinking about this, about being single-minded. You know, I went back to, to my life and just some dumb times when, when I wasn't focused. And these are simple things that didn't really hurt me. Like I remember a time when I was 14 and I was riding my bike up our street in our neighborhood And uh, there was two girls sitting on their porch in their house, you know, so I'm riding, trying to act all cool, looking over at them, not focusing on where I'm going, and I went right into the back of a pickup truck, you know, riding my bike. And if that wasn't bad enough, you know, their mother comes running out of the house, oh, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, I do this all the time. And I took off and, and rode away. You know, and, and that's just a, a little thing of not being focused. I mean, did it really hurt? Well, you know, I, I probably would never ask those girls out if I saw them. But, it, it, you know, that's just a little thing. You know, I remember another time I was swimming with my kids, and Sam, he was, I think, between two and three, was jumping in to me, and I was catching him. And uh, one of my other kids called me, and I was talking to them for a second. All of a sudden, I just see Sam's feet going over my head, and he's down under the water. You know, and I grabbed him and pulled him out, and he was kind of looking at me like, why didn't you catch me, you know? And it just took him a little while, and he started jumping in again. You know, those aren't big things, but, you know, those little times of not being single-minded can cause problems. And when we have bigger things in our life, like an addiction or whatever it is, that keeps us from being single-minded and seeking out God's kingdom first, that can have some huge consequences. And it goes as far as to say, Christ basically says, you know what? You can't be my disciple unless you're willing to give up everything. It can't be this, you know what, I'll come in on Sunday. Monday, I'm just going to do my own thing. Tuesday, I'll do something for him. Wednesday, maybe I'll do my own thing. It's an everyday thing. It's tough. I Admit it, that's tough. But I'm so thankful that that's tough, that Christ hasn't made this thing easy for us. And that, you know what, we can do whatever we want still be his. Decision. He calls us to do. What does that look like? How do we seek first his kingdom? I think one of the biggest ways is by simply obeying him as you're seeking him out. As I was looking through the scripture, I came across a story out of First Samuel um, 15, where Saul is king of Israel. And when I read this in the first service, one of the ladies came down and said, you need to go further into the next verses, so... You guys get the next verses, which are a little bit tougher than where I went with the first service. First but basically, here's, here's what's going on in this story. Samuel, who is a prophet, came to Saul and said, I anointed you king of Israel because the Lord told me to. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came, when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Okay? So basically, God, through Samuel, tells Saul, you need to take your army and totally destroy this nation, everything. Wipe them out, all of the people, all of their livestock, everything. needs to be taken out because they went against me. Okay? So Saul says, all right, and he goes and he does that. And then later on in the chapter, I'm going to pick up at verse 10 and just read for a little while. The Lord then says to Samuel, You know what? I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me, and he has again refused to obey me. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul Someone told him Saul went to Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Okay, so that's what Saul says to Samuel, that he's carried out what God commanded. Samuel says this then. Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and the lowing of cattle, I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What was it, Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think... Little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do exactly what the Lord said not to do? Saul's still arguing, though. He comes back and he says, But I did obey the Lord. Saul insisted, I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag. And so now he adds another, he didn't kill the king, he brought him back. But I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep and cattle and plunders to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Okay, so Saul was saying, but I did do everything. I just brought back their king and I brought back their best sheep and cattle. But I destroyed everything, I obeyed God. Here's what Samuel answers to that. You know, And, and Saul even went on to say, and we're going to take all this cattle that we saved and we're sacrificing it to god you know so you know i I obeyed him i obeyed what he commanded samuel replied what is more pleasing to the lord your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice obedience is far better than sacrifice and listening to him is much better than offering the fat of rams now that's where i stopped in the last service. I'm going to read the next verse as it was suggested. Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft and the stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. So, in those verses, basically, you know, through God, Samuel is telling him, you know what? God could care less about your sacrifice. He doesn't care because you didn't obey him. You didn't do what he asked you to do. So you might as well not even offer them because he does not care about them. And you might as well just be worshiping an idol because of your disobedience. And I look at that and think, how many of us walk through these doors and are we truly obeying God? Or are we like Saul, God says, I want you to do this. And we say, oh, I may do that for a little bit, but you know what? I think this is better. So I'm going to do this. And we disobey what God tells us to do. And then we come in here and we say, I give my all. And God is sitting there thinking, you know what? I wish you weren't even praising me right now. Because all I want is for you to obey me. You're a hypocrite. Because you don't obey me, and then you walk in here in my house, and you worship me? Sit down. I don't want you to worship me. I want you to obey me. I want you to seek my kingdom. So then your heart can be pure, and then you can truly see me for who I am. And yet so many of us will sit here and we'll worship God and we'll walk out those doors and we'll do whatever we want. And we won't truly obey God. Or maybe, you know what, I'll obey God here because that's easy to do, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to give up this. And God is just looking down and saying, you know what, then don't worship me. Don't sacrifice anything to me till you start obeying me. Man, that's tough to take. When I was looking at that, you know, I was thinking, man, but I personally, I love to worship God. Well, He's saying, you know what, if you're not willing to obey him then I don't want you worshiping me. And that's one of the things that we were created to do. God created us to praise him, to worship him, to sacrifice things to him. And yet he's saying, man, if if you don't obey me, if you don't have that single mind that you're seeking after my kingdom, don't worship me. Because you're being a hypocrite. come in here you look nice you make sure the outward's clean you make sure everything looks good and you walk out those doors you criticize people you go back to your addictions maybe it's pornography maybe it's drinking I don't know maybe it's anger maybe it's stealing he's saying you need to stop you truly want to be my disciple, you truly want to follow me, you need to give up everything. You need to be willing to say, you know what? I just want to seek your kingdom. And when you do that, when you seek his kingdom, and you start walking down that path that's where the single-mindedness comes in and that's where he says blessed are the pure in heart because as you are doing that there's not going to be any room for the other stuff there's not going to be any room to disobey him there's not going to be any room to cheat on your spouse there's not going to be any room to look at pornography there's not going to be any room for that other stuff And that's why he's saying then your heart can be pure. Because you're single-minded, you're devoted to one thing. And then when you do that, that's when you can see me. Because I'm going to start showing up in ways that you cannot imagine. Because you're single-minded, you're devoted to me. But when you're pursuing me, going to find me. And you're going to see me in your neighbors, in your coworkers, in your family, everywhere. And you're going to be saying, man, this is incredible. Why didn't I do this before? So, where does this leave us at? It's not an easy thing. Those verses that Pastor Dave read out of Matthew 7 that enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. This walk with God is simple but it's hard. There isn't really a list of do this, 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 this and this. It's simply, you know what? Seek him. Have that relationship with Him. 100%. So it's a simple thing, but man, that's tough. As I was going through this, I was like, am I truly seeking Him in every way? That I'm seeing Him everywhere. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. I think too many times we want to put on a show that we have everything together. Well, I'm a leader in the church. I can't have problems. I'm an elder or a teacher. We're all human. We're all going to struggle. And we need to be real with ourselves. And we need to be real with God. And he needs to say, you know what? If you want to truly have a pure heart, and you need to seek my kingdom. If you're not doing that, if you're acting like you are, you're being a hypocrite. And it's sad, I think, because you hear, maybe you don't hear, but I hear when I talk to people outside the church. I don't just mean this church, but the church in general. So many people will say You know why I don't want to go? You know why I don't want to have a relationship with God? It's because I sit there and watch the people who say they do. And they say one thing, and then during the week, they do completely something else. It's sad. You talk to waiters and waitresses, they hate Sundays. Because here comes the church crowd. They're mean, they're rude, and they don't tip. You know, maybe you've given all your money at church. I don't know. But in reality, that's what a lot of waiters and waitresses will say. And that's you know, that that's sad. And then you say, Well, would you like to come to church? Why? Why would I? And yet for some of us we'll sit here, just say, Yeah, that's nice. Man, this morning, you guys need to do a gut check. And you need to say, am I following God 100%? Because that's what he calls you to do. In his scripture, he's not saying it can be 50, 25, or whatever. It's everything. Have you given everything over to God? And that includes everybody sitting here. Those of you who have faithfully served God and you're up in your 70s and 80s, you're not excluded. Sorry. You can't retire from being a disciple. There still may be things and areas that God is working on in your life and you need to give over to Him so that you can seek His kingdom first and have that pure heart. For those of you who are young, man, you are never too young. To make an impact and to serve God and to give everything over to Him. One of the reasons why I love to work with youth because a lot of times they're real and they're sold out. And they're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are you willing to take that step and say, you know what, I've been dealing with this. I haven't been truly being single-minded and seeking God's kingdom, which would give me a pure heart. Are you willing to deal with that this morning? And give it over? And say, you know what, God, it's time for me to stop. It's time for me to stop being a hypocrite. It's time for me to start living my life 100% for you. It's time for me to start seeking your kingdom so that I can start seeing you do incredible things in my life so that I can start singing these songs and feeling your presence when I do that. There's too many times I walk in here and sing the songs and think, you know what, why am I even singing? Well, God's thinking the same thing. Until you're obedient to him. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs four twenty three, and it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In this whole area, Jesus was saying, If you're pure in heart, if you're single minded. If you're following after my kingdom, your life is never going to be the same. Because I'm going to show up and do incredible things. But you just have to respond. You have to obey. In your hand, you have a sheet of paper like this. This is your chance. You know, it's just a piece of paper. But this is your chance to say, you know what, God? I want to become single-minded. I want to start seeking your kingdom. I want to start following you. There's some stuff in my life that is keeping me from doing that. And maybe it's even good things. You know, in all honesty, I think Saul thought he was doing a good thing. You know, hey, we're going to bring back the best sheep and cattle and sacrifice it to God. But in reality, he was disobeying what God was telling him to do. Maybe there's even something in your life that you're doing that you think is good, but God is saying, I don't want you doing that. I want you doing this. Maybe you need to give up that. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's different emotions you don't have under control like anger or whatever that gets you off focus. Maybe it's gossip. I don't know. I should have had a long list that I could just read them all off so I would hit everyone in here that maybe is dealing with something. I know Christ dealt with me this week in different areas. He can deal with you. what we're going to do is spend some time quietly, and I want you praying. Maybe some of you knew right when I started talking, man, this is the thing that I am being a hypocrite about. If you are ready to say, okay, God, I want to follow you with everything because that's what you call me to be as a disciple. Write that thing down. Or if it's more than one thing, write those down. you need a second piece of paper... You can grab a second piece of paper. You know, I don't know. But write them down as we have some time quietly praying. Then after that time, our worship team is going to lead us in a song. And as they're singing, I want you to just come forward. It doesn't matter if you're in the balcony. We're going to take time for this where you're sitting and put it at the foot of the cross, either on this side or on this side. If you so feel led, if you are ready to say, God, I want to live for you 100%. If you're ready to do that, if you are ready for that, then come make that commitment. Because that's what he calls you to do. That's what he calls you. That's when you can start looking at saying, you know what? I have a pure heart because I'm sinking minded. I'm seeking Christ and I'm going to lay it down at the cross. What a better place to lay it down at because this is the place where Christ sacrificed his life for you so that these kind of things can be forgiven. And you can have a clean slate and you can say, I'm going to live 100% for you. That's why you put it there. And that's why you leave it there. And I can guarantee you that God says, you know what? I love you for doing this. And no matter how hard it is to do this, I'm going to see you through this. Because you're obeying me. And when you're seeking my kingdom first, I am going to show up big time in your life. He promises that. We read that this morning. And that's what he will do for you. So let's take some time. Quietly, pray to God and say, show me the things that I need to give up. Maybe you already know those. Write them down. And in a few minutes after I pray, you'll have a chance to come forward and put those at the cross. So let's spend some quiet time.